Hey, Mama. Welcome back to the Mom Walk Collective Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Ari. And we are two moms just navigating through motherhood. It is a new year, 2023. Ari, how'd you ring in the new year? Oh, well, this year I went out for a party at 5 p.m. Yes, you did. And then I left said party at 7 p.m. And yes, you did. (laughs) So that I could come home and put my babies to bed. And then I made it to the New York countdown. And I don't know if I was awake for like the regular countdown, but I just wanted to be home with my babies. I didn't want to be out. So (laughs) I love it. It's so fun that like how you prioritize now like how you go out and what you do because you're like they're sleeping well do I risk it is it Mm -hmm. worth it is it you know I've seen all these TikToks of like families pranking or just not even pranking but like telling their kids the New York one is like midnight and so it has all these kids in the room and they're like going crazy and they're like (laughs) but really it's like just 9 p.m. that's so good oh my goodness yeah yeah that's probably what we'll be doing for a while yeah, we saw each other on New Year's Day, right? And I think the baby slept until 7.20 in the morning. So we're like, <laughs> we're doing that again. So we made sure we were home to put them to bed. But what did you do? It's so good. Um, I put Lincoln down and then I went to my best friend's house. And there's like a crew of us that usually do dinner like once a week or like every other week. And it was just all those same people there. And Aww. It was really fun. I was just going to go for like an hour and a half, like put Lincoln down, left the house at like 8, 830. It was going to be home by 10 and be like, I'm glad I made it out of the house. Like we were just doing like a game night and we all get super competitive and it's really fun. But they kept my mom was watching Lincoln and they kept saying like, oh, well, your mom, your mom hasn't texted you yet. Like he's fine. Like he still must be (laughs) sleeping. And I'm like, ugh no I should probably go home and I like kept pushing it and kept pushing it and they're like well we're gonna do a countdown for you like we're gonna do a countdown for you and eventually like they pushed it got pushed all the way to 11 which was like crazy for me I haven't been out that late in like two years um and they did like a whole fake countdown for me and like we all celebrated and it was so fun and they probably did it it again at midnight but at then 11 I drove home and I felt like I had a full, like for me, it felt like midnight. I was like, wow, that was great. I stayed up late. I got the whole experience. We did my best friend's Australian. So we did like the, the like Sydney countdown. Cause she's like, I hate that you guys do a ball drop. Like Australia, they have this amazing fireworks show. And so like we did the Australian countdown and it was a lot of fun though. New Year's night is when Lincoln started getting sick. So Mm. then I have been, in sick mama mode and if you guys have probably i hope i hope there's one mom who hasn't experienced a sick baby yet but at least at least <laughs> but if your baby has caught a cold or anything you just know how hard it is so that's been our 2023 so far is lincoln just has cold yeah and it's just hard that babies are sick because they can't tell you what they need so we are dealing been- with the same thing over here so I get it. It's just going around. Yeah. Yeah. But they are still happy babies. It's true. You know, when it's sad, when they're like so congested and they can't eat or anything, that's what's Mm -hmm. hard. Exactly. Well, Well, last. (laughs) Yeah, we're both like, (laughs) okay, last week we just mumbled, jumbled, chatty Kathy. Chatty Kathy, do people still use that term? Yeah. 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 Okay. We were just chatty Kathy last week. The millennials do. Yeah. (laughs) We're revealing. We're millennials. Um, My stepmom's actual name is Kathy. So it's funny when I say chatty Kathy because she's not really that chatty. Hmm. Anyway, side note. Um, But we realized. No side notes. Yes. We want to make today's episode really tangible because we realized we like just talked and talked and talked and talked and so many ideas and all this type of stuff. So we wanted to follow up from last week just on comparison and things that we deal with within motherhood of 
the amount of exposure we have to knowledge, the amount of exposure to social media, just natural like motherhood parenting stuff that you just get caught in and you get caught in your head. And so we really wanted to bring, we have six tangibles for you guys that we want to talk about. And so we hope that this is helpful compared to last week. Yes, this is going to be the one with takeaways. Last week was you got to walk through Jamie and I's brain together. Welcome to Um, our friendship. Yes. All right. So first one on the list was keeping up with the Joneses. Do you want to give your take on that and then I can jump in? Yeah, I think one of the biggest ways that we've actually seen this whole keeping up with the Joneses comes in a form of a stroller, (laughs) a.k.a. (laughs) if you have a luxury stroller or not. Um, One of the things that we see all the time on our reels and our TikToks in the comment section is, I don't feel like I could be a part of this group because they have X stroller, Um, whether it's like Uppa, Anuna, or whatever people feel puts someone else in a different tax bracket. And... I just laugh because I have a Chico stroller. I started the collective. I have all the like big kind of higher ticket items were either gifted to me. I bought them off Facebook marketplace. Um, I got them at Goodwill in Orange County or Goodwills are like, yeah. So um, it's just really interesting that people have felt that they can't come join our walk, come join our community based on a status of a product. And so mm-hmm. one of those things, like I even noticed myself and I'll tell my story and then I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on this, but, um, my dad's gift to me for like pregnancy and for Lincoln and stuff like that was to buy the stroller. And all mm-hmm. I had known was the keeping up for the Joneses kind of like you have it, especially in orange County. Like everyone has not everyone majority of moms in my town have an up a baby stroller they're very expensive um and so when I told my dad he asked me what I wanted and I said hey you don't need to pay for the whole thing just a contribution to it would be really grateful I would love for that and he goes well let me come down and we'll do some market research my dad's Mm. the best um so my dad flies from Idaho he comes down for the weekend we go to the big outdoor mall here And it's called Irvine Spectrum. And we sit out in Irvine Spectrum. Me, I'm like massive belly. Um, (laughs) Charlie was with me at the time. My dad, my stepmom. And my dad starts asking every single person that walks by if they like their stroller. And so he literally would stop all these people of like, hey, do you like your stroller? X, Y, and Z. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Was it worth the money? And um, everyone who had an upper baby loved it. They like raved about it. They're like, oh my gosh, it's the best thing ever. And so my dad was like, it must be worth it. So he was like, all right, we went straight from the mall to Bye Bye Baby where we are going to order one and we get there. And my dad is Mr. Never Buy Anything Full Price. Like he Mm. at Costco asked for an employee (laughs) discount. Like, and if you think I'm joking, like I have never watched my dad pay for anything full price like even at the groceries he'll find like a way of like family friends discount like it is just how my dad is so he always wants to know what's the best deal like if you're gonna spend money like let's invest it well and so Mm -hmm. and bye bye baby there's like usually one employee that works the stroller section and the guy who was there that day my dad goes all right we just were at the mall we had heard so many people talk about this stroller you know the specs and the ins and out of every single stroller here and every single stroller that's on the market. What would you go with? And he was the one who actually recommended the Chico. He said wow. it is made within the same factory. You're just going to have the different name. Here's this and that. You're going to save $500. All that just goes back and forth, all these different things. And so my dad said, it's up to you. You heard his from an expert opinion. We've also heard all the reviews. Whatever you want to do, I have this money set aside for you and you get to choose what you want to do with it. And I then made the decision to go with the non-name brand and I went with the Chico stroller 
because I was then able to, I had no one, I hadn't put a car seat on my registry. So not only did I get the stroller, but then I got a car seat and then my Mm. dad gifted me the balance in cash to go do whatever I wanted. And at the time I didn't have a vacuum. And I know I needed a vacuum for my house. (laughs) So I took the extra $500 and then I invested it into like a really nice cordless vacuum. And that was the best decision I ever made because that (gasps) vacuum has like, it is just the best thing ever. Um, And so it's really interesting that what originally swayed, like, yes, you see people who, um, really love and enjoy their strollers. They believe it's worth the value. Um, and then I'm being put in the position of, uh, of getting the choice and evaluating for my life. I knew that I needed a little bit more and more meaning I really needed a vacuum too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so I had to accept the fact that am I okay with this stroller there? And then it started going into, where's the name brand thing? Can I walk with pride? Where do I feel that a stroller defines a mom's heart? Where do Mm -hmm. I go into all this type of stuff? And then that's where I really got to then finally dig into. I'm so proud and I feel so blessed that I even got gifted a stroller. Um, And whatever stroller I have doesn't exclude me or doesn't include me in a certain group. Um, and that was my first kind of bit into trying to AKA keep up with the Joneses, Mm. um, and really get to then share that fun story of telling people, Oh, I looked into that and, you know, here's kind of my process with it and everything. And then I've just seen now into motherhood, I have people that ask me, you know, about my stroller. And then usually that just leads us into talking about what our babies actually like. Once they're mm-hmm. here, because when you're building your registry, you're just building off of everything you hear and yep. then your baby gets here and maybe they, they like, yeah, <laughs> maybe they like this stuff you put on it. Maybe they hate this stuff you put on your registry. Um, and so I think there's something about making decisions for your family about mm-hmm. what makes the most financial sense, what makes, you know, that you're in a secure place. What does it look like on the other side? And understanding that whatever product that you have doesn't define what social group you get to be a part of. So absolutely. I love that. Um, because yeah, we get those comments all the time about, oh, my Graco stroller wouldn't be welcomed here. And it's, it's funny because then if you meet Jamie, you'll see her Chico stroller. And, and my son just loves the cheapest thing on the market. When I tell you like my, we are the family that buys off brand quote unquote, whoever made a status of whatever one, one product is less than another. My son loves, I get by, I've tried guys. Let me tell you, I have tried buying Lincoln, the expensive stuff. He doesn't care. Just doesn't like it. I literally just end up giving it away. Um, so I just think it's it's interesting. But what was your, I mean, you were kind of in, like, is there a keeping up with the Joneses in the twin? I feel like there has to be some type of like, or maybe not, maybe I'm wrong, but was there kind of like a twin mom that kind of sets the standard of, you know, is she an influence or something like that, that you feel like you had to kind of keep up with or do you feel like having twins kind of released you from that or do you feel just like as a mom in general you still have feel that pressure of comparison or trying to keep up yeah well um I think first of all when I found out I had twins I had to find twin moms on social media so I could normalize it (laughs) so I had to see what they were doing Do I think that there is like an it mom that I like copied everything from? No, because I, I just didn't, I just, I saw what they used and I was like, okay, that's cool. But then I had to come back to like, what was financially responsible for our family and, um, what made sense. And so I'm the type of person where before I even got pregnant three years prior, I had like my stroller picked out. It was going to be the upper baby Vista, um, like that was just like I would go to Nordstrom and like push the stroller 
and I was not pregnant. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I even took one of my friends there and she chose her stroller and then I switched over to the Nuna. And then um, I was constantly asking people about their stroller. Uh, fast forward, found out it was twins. A lot of those strollers were not going to like fit for us. And my priority became I want them side by side. I don't want them stacked on top of each other because I didn't want to be able to not see the one because they're the same age. So it's like they're both going to need me just as much. Um, Some moms are totally fine with the stack on top. For me personally, that just wasn't. And so that really limited the options that I had. Um, And so up a baby is definitely known for being one of the pricier strollers well I found out that there was an even pricier stroller and that's the one that I ended up with (laughs) and it wasn't because I was trying to keep up with the Joneses it really was because I was trying to get it side by side and there are side by side strollers as they get older but nothing for when they're a baby when like the car seats that get attached or the bassinets are in there and so we did end up with the bugaboo um, which was fun fact double the price of the up a baby really I've, i didn't even oh uh, there is no reason for me even to looking to double wide strollers so i wouldn't even know <laughs> but that's crazy but i couldn't yeah. imagine i couldn't imagine the twins not having the setup that you have for them i i personally love it and we saw it as an investment in the sense of like we knew that they were going to use it from day zero to like probably five years old or whenever they're done with the stroller and so for us the price was worth it our parents um my parents paid half of it and then we paid the rest of it because it was a expensive stroller and um I mean that's just talking about the stroller but keeping up with the Joneses I probably have fallen prey to keeping up with the Joneses I like nice things (laughs) Um, but at the same time, we talked about this during the product video, even though I like nice things, I also find ways that make sense for our family financially to still have those if I find it to be that important. Mm -hmm. Um, so for example, we did like, we have twins, so there were things that we had to buy two of. Did we have to buy two of everything? No. And I saw like something good as I was going through pregnancy. It was like, don't buy two of everything, save that for their college or save that for whatever you find it's valuable for their actual like development and character. And so um, I took that into play with like the Doc Tot and the Baby Bjorn Bouncer. It was like still wanting that name brand, but, and people weren't buying it on our registry, which is totally fine. Um, but how can I make this more of a financial decision? And guess what? After we're done with them, like we're done with them now, I'm putting them on Facebook Marketplace so I can sell them. So we'll remake that money. So there are ways to be creative of getting what you want without going into debt because that is something Ian and I strongly believe in. It's not worth going into debt for. Yeah. It's interesting. This is something that I, if you guys haven't met RRI or have made a perception of us, um, or just maybe you're trying to keep up with us and you're seeing this of like I see them on social media and I see this and that and especially I know with a following I've experienced this that people think you just got it in the bank you know (laughs) or like you like people want to you know all this different type of stuff but um even just where I'm at like financially and going through a divorce things look really really different And so the keeping up for the Joneses, like if I fall prey to that, I just can't. Like I just, I would put myself in a really, really bad position because financially I, I, there's just no possible way. And so, um, yeah, I just kind of want to like give you guys like, not like inside of our life, but just like, I want you guys to know everyone you really don't know what's happening behind the curtain and you don't know where it's coming from and like some people have the ability to resource things really well some people have um, worked really hard like you don't Mm -hmm. know the years and years and years that someone sacrificed in other ways Um, if they didn't sacrifice maybe their family sacrificed for it maybe their grandparents sacrificed for it um So I think I loved what Ari said of find out what is really worth it for you 
And if there's one product that you're trying to keep up with or whatever, look at what makes the most financial sense. But at the end of the day, it's are you in a really great position that's not causing you stress? Um, Mm -hmm. And is your baby happy and healthy? Because Mm -hmm. falling culprit to keeping up with the Joneses is a scary, scary little line to follow. Absolutely. And I think that kind of leads us into our next point is time on social media. And we can kind of speed through this part because I think we're all aware social media has um, actually a great potential to help us in life. But then like TikTok is very educational these days. Um, However, you also get to see a lot of people's highlight reels and then you don't hear the story behind how they got there. And um, I think that is a dangerous game. And so if you need to, maybe it's worth putting a timer on how much time you spend on social media so that you don't find yourselves trying to keep up with the Joneses without knowing everything they did to get there. Do you have anything to add to that one? Yeah, I'll make it quick too. I think someone actually said this to me the other day when we were talking about social media. Uh, Social media is only what people want you to know about them. Hmm. So whether you think they are showing also some of the bad or they are showing the good, um, it's hard to expose every part of your life on social media. So what you're seeing is only what's curated. Oh, fully. Um, yeah, people are only showing you what they want you to see. So mm-hmm. um, yep. I think Ari spot on limit time on social media, maybe uh, a, like unfriend people that is causing you to put in comparison or trying to keep up. Um, if, if something's leaving an icky taste in your mouth of like, mm, that just didn't settle right, instead of commenting or trying to change someone else's view, um, just defriend them. Or whatever it may look like. Yeah, mute them. Whatever it may be. Um, One other thing that I try to practice, if something like that comes about when I see something and I, a lot of the times for me, it's just jealousy. Um, Mm. And that's just really honest is I start to play woe is me. And Mm. I say, oh, I wish I had that. I wish this or wish whatever. Um, and so Charlie actually used to say this, so he, he does get credit for this line, but it's, it's really (laughs) impacted my life. Um, he said is what you honor is what you can receive. So Mm. before I would unfriend, cause it's not like I still would unfriend people because I I've definitely unfriended people that I just continually would put myself down in comparison to. Um, but before I'd unfriend them, I would honor them. And I say, I don't know what it took for them to get there or what blessing or, um, you know, whatever it is, but I honor them for that, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean I have to continue following them. So it then limits the bitterness of whatever caused you to be in that comparison. It mm-hmm. leaves it on a really good note. And then you're just like, all right, next. And I there's think boundaries, there's boundaries again. And I now, think, oh, oh, sorry, you go, you I go. just want to jump in with that because it kind of reminds me of Marie Kondo. <laughs> oh yeah. How she, yeah. Does it spark joy? <laughs> if it doesn't spark joy. Boom. Thank you. Boom. Like she, she gives gratitude for it, which yeah. leads us to our next uh, one. <laughs> look at our segments tonight. Guys, I'm so proud of us. We um, are staying on track. We are. Um, our next topic of comparison to help kind of cut it is gratitude. Mm-hmm. Boop, boop, boop. Uh, if you, easiest thing right now, um, especially in the start of the new year, is starting with a gratitude journal. It is so amazing. I have had doctors that have recommended this within therapy sessions, Um, whether they say I've had some say do three in the morning, three at night, like three things you're thankful for, or just three in the morning or just three at night. Uh, But three is usually the number they say is like at least minimum three things that you are grateful for every single day. And she's like, even if it's just that you have all 10 toes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think if we can be thankful for the basic things in life and then take it beyond that, like our brain is in such a gratitude mindset that we can receive more. And I think, I don't know, something that always rings my mind kind of out of fear, but just like a good reminder is like, what if you had tomorrow only what you expressed that you were grateful for yesterday? Oh, 
Mm-hmm. That is good. So, like, that could be, like, hot water. That could be a roof over your head. That could be your child's health. That could be, like, even if you're fighting with somebody in your life, the fact that they were still here with you. And so it's just counting your blessings. Or if you don't have a faith, it's just counting, like, what you're grateful for and just keeping track of that. Yeah, I think, like, even in that context of motherhood, um, the big comparison is developmental stages. Mm. And so you instantly want to start comparing, like, they're walking at this point, they're sleeping through the night, they're eating, they're this, they're that. And I think gratitude is such a key component of unlocking just the step away from comparison. It's like a key. It's like a secret weapon to get out of it of just starting like saying all the amazing things that your kid did that day. Oh, I'm so grateful that Lincoln smiled at this and he had eye contact here and he giggled at this point and he had enough wet diapers and you know, whatever he is eating really well or, you know, just starting and even praising, like saying those things Mm -hmm. out loud to yourself, saying those things over your kids. It just brings you to the present and it brings you to what your reality is and instead of what isn't. Yeah. So we really, we're all about the gratitudes and words of affirmation. Yes. Both Jamie and I are strong believers in that words are why am I blanking oh there we go words are powerful and when you say something (laughs) sorry it shouldn't be that funny but that's the phrase that you forgot um keep going words are powerful (laughs) yes guys you know if you don't know by now we record at night after the babies go to sleep and so sometimes it's just not all the way there and so maybe eventually we'll get to a point where we record during the daytime but we're not there yet so we are grateful that we do have the ability to record at night but as I was saying words are powerful and they have the ability to really shape and change your beliefs I'll say that like what when Mm -hmm. I say something out loud like I am convicted and I feel like it's going to happen and that could that could be for the good things, which is what I really work on or like, you know, focus on. But be careful because it also could be for the bad things, too. So really be careful with the words that you speak over yourself and to yourself and to others. This is really funny. I was with a friend. So this is a little side note, but I was with a friend on New Year's Eve and we went to breakfast. She's uh, five months pregnant. Super fun. We hadn't seen each other in three years. And so much has happened, and so it was really fun to start talking about all of that. And one of the things that she said um, that she was praying for is that God would give her something challenging again because she feels complacent or, like, she feels just comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I was like, did you just say that out loud? Yeah, be <laughs> careful what like, you ask for. <laughs> literally, that's exactly what I said. And I'm like, that is a powerful thing to ask for because – motherhood will give that to you whether you want it or not um it's just are you gonna do it with a smile or are you gonna do it grinding your teeth and she was like yeah and I'm like I got your village whenever you're ready but just so you know saying that out loud you're gonna be purified to the core and And when you ask for that you better ask for the strength to handle that Mm -hmm. challenge Like if if you're going to go for it, because I get it, you want to grow like character and grit by going through something because there's transformation, but you may be questioning yourself along the way. And so ask for the strength. Yeah. And maybe it'll go easier. Yeah. Um, So moving on to the, the next topic is the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's green where you water it. Ari, Mm. thoughts? Okay. So I think this is a big part where it comes back to like, are we trying to keep up with the Joneses and are we trying to compare ourselves to somebody else? And I think we fantasize and we tell ourselves a story of somebody else's life, make assumptions and it all could be true. It's probably more likely that it's not as green and lush as you think it is. They're probably going through their own stuff. Um, But 
can we use that as inspiration to feel maybe what we're experiencing when we see that as like, okay, maybe it's, maybe it's they appear like they have a strong marriage. So now I think it's greener over there rather than in my own marriage. And instead of like fantasizing and continuing to tell yourself a story and absorbing yourself into their world, why not like turn it into your marriage? Mm. Start reading some books, start having conversations with your spouse, start doing something, taking action towards watering your own grass. Mm, And then you'll actually be able to experience it on your own rather than like fantasizing about somebody else's. That's so Jamie, what do you have? Uh, No, that's really good. I love the action behind it of actually pouring into resources to have that then be your reality. I think when I think the grass is greener on the other side is my expectations of myself. So, for example, I grew up in a small town. Everyone in my town, we said in high school, by the time we're 21, we're going to all own our own houses. We're going to have just graduated college, have careers, be finding spouses, you know, starting everything. And the reality is everyone who stayed in my small town did. And so I took the adventure leap. I graduated high school the day after I moved to California. And I said, I am doing a different path but I still had the expectation on me to achieve the same goals in a different environment Mm. and so I always think would I be more secure if I would have just stayed home and I see this this and that because they all did achieve it and I stopped thinking about all the amazing things that my life had had transcended in my life of me taking that leap and moving to California my life is crazy over it. like if I think it, it will be 10 years this month or whatever or like this year of me living in California again and I would not change it for the world like my life has completely changed but I think me internally thinking why do I have that expectation on myself still because no one else around me is expecting me to own a house right now and, <laughs> and living in Orange County like no one expects me to be a multi-millionaire having a beachfront house and all of this. I expect that from you, Jamie. Okay. Maybe just not right now, but in the future. (laughs) And that's where I'm having to really just take reality checks on what actually is my life. And then I think following it up with what you said. So the reality check for me would be doing the gratitude things. Mm -hmm. What a, you know, I may not own a house, but I am two minutes from the beach. You know, so wow, that's amazing that this is my reality. What are other great realities that I have? Um, I got to healthy son. Exactly. I got to deliver in a, a hospital with midwives that was covered through my insurance. Like that was a huge thing for me. Like how amazing that I got to have a midwife experience through insurance that allowed me in California, which yeah. I don't think it probably would have allowed me back home. Mm. And just really looking at things that I feel really blessed and really lucky to have had the opportunity. Um, And then the things that I still desire, because I still desire to buy a house. I still desire um, to be able to take family vacations and do all these different types of stuff. How can I then implement exactly like what you said, take inspiration from what I see around me and start implementing it through tools such as books or meeting up with these people and finding out how they they did did to get there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All these different things. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's hard. All of these, again, we want to just like preface over and over again. It is easy to sit here and talk on a podcast of like, you could do this and you can do this and I'm this way and I'm this way. Um, sorry, I was just reminding. We are still, sorry, I just want to jump in. Like we are still in this journey of navigating and calling ourselves out when we feel that urge to compare ourselves. And we are early on in our motherhood journey. And so I I think both of us are fully aware that this is not going to be something that with these five or we're going to, you know, give another tip is like with these six things, 
everything is cured. This is going to be an evolving topic. This is going to be something that we are going to have to revisit as we um, as we go through our motherhood journey and continue to call ourselves out on and then figure out a way to move forward. And so we are not the experts. It no. would be really great if there was an expert that was like, do this, do that, do this. I don't think that that's going to be the case for anybody to cure your secure comparison it is a deep-rooted thing that we have to continuously work on yeah you spot on um we me and Ari are in a book club right now and Ari actually chose the book of the month um it's called Atomic Habits um yes Ari I am up to date on my reading she's got the book if you're looking at the visual um but in the first few pages he just talks about how can you become one percent better at who you already are and what you're already doing and that compounded over time is actually what's going to create a change so even with all these tips and these tools and this quote-unquote advice I have finger quotations going um, it's all about how can you recognize your comparison triggers and how can you get one percent better at it every day Mm -hmm. Um, and these we hope are just uh, ways for you to acknowledge your triggers and also help possibly make that one percent better so going into our second to last topic is how do you become a better person or how mm. what did we say let me rephrase it we said how to be a better you yes um so all right what what are things that you do to be a better you mm. well Now that you brought up Atomic Habits, it's one of my favorite personal development books. And I'm going to give you a spoiler um, because this is something that always rings in my head. I don't want to say always, but, you know, it's a constant since I've read this book is every habit that you have, every action that you take is a vote towards the character that you want to have. And so it's you're voting for what type of identity you want to be known for. Um, and so things that I personally do, I love to read. I did not love reading. But when you find like a topic, and for me it's personal development, I love reading. When it's also it's podcasts, listening to different podcasts for personal development. It is meeting with people that are further along and like just picking their brain. I am a, both my husband and I are curious spirits. I think that's why we make friends everywhere Good. we go is because we just want to understand and we've learned that we do need to humble ourselves. We don't know everything. We're not living the life that like we like we're not at the end of our life. And I think we will always be students. Um, that's what I desire at least. And so I think to just be very short of how do I be be a, be a better person is I remain a student. Literally took the words from my mouth. Like that has been, we talked about this with the collective and how we want it to be structured is we don't ever want to claim we're the experts because we put a floor or a ceiling over our head. We always want to remain standing on the floor And so we always want to be the student. And I think spot on, same. I think curiosity helps you become a better you. I think if you have a hard time not understanding yourself, getting into resources like therapy, group therapy, mom's group, getting close with good friends of asking feedback um, Mm -hmm. and asking them, hey, do you notice something that I say often? I want to grow. Two, I'm a huge, huge believer on finding someone that is in seasons of life ahead of you, whether it's 10 years, 20 years, 50 years ahead of you. There's so much you can glean from from someone else's personal experience. Um, if you have a faith, it's, you know, spending time learning about your faith. Um, yeah. And for me, I think I taking reality checks for me is one of the biggest things for me to become the better version of myself, becoming a better me. Um, mainly because I either get too hard or I get too comfortable. So I'll either be way too hard on myself and then I have to like take back reality, like reality check. Like this is what's going on. Like give yourself grace. And then, or I'm just like way too comfortable. And I'm like, meh, 
you know? Yep. And so um, having strong people around you, having strong relationships where you can have open conversations, that will definitely help you grow and help you be a better you. Yeah. Um, um, which, can I jump yeah. to the next topic? Yeah, you can, you can finish this out with that one. Okay. This will be our last one. Um, and we kind of just, we captioned this one, ask the story. So when it comes to comparison, we've talked about this through this episode is just we start to assume and start to make fantasize over different things that people have and we don't um, or are doing things that we agree with or don't agree with. And we compare, we start to compare. However, this is going to be a plug for our walk, but you can do this anywhere (laughs) is start to ask the story. Our theme is motherhood right now. And so, you know, when you come to one of our walks and you're walking next to a mom that maybe you have either already seen on social media or you've seen her at a walk and you've made these assumptions, try to release those assumptions and ask her her story. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, you'll realize that you're not alone. And that she may be experiencing something similar, if not the exact same thing that you're going through. And so something that I personally experienced was this bounce back culture that is just talked about. I don't know why. If you heard Stephanie talk about it, she embraces it. Um, Embraces not focusing on bouncing back, let me clarify. Um, But it is very easy to see different women's bodies after they give birth and then make the assumption that they bounced back and that why, like, yeah, they bounced back. I saw three different women that I could just think of right now. I won't give their names of like, wow, they just bounced back. But when I asked their story, um, I heard that one like pulled down her leggings, her high-waisted leggings. Those can hide a lot of stuff. Uh, (laughs) And she showed the loose skin that she's still recovering from. One was wearing a jumpsuit, and she was insecure about wearing it in public because she still had like a little bit of a protruding belly because her uterus was still contracting inside. Um, And one had stretch marks on on her breasts. And for me personally, I have stretch marks on my belly and my thighs, which I was shocked by. I didn't even see until after I gave birth because my belly was so big. Um, But these were all things that I saw other women weren't experiencing. But then when I took the time to really understand and hear different people's stories, and this is just their bodies. This is nothing even like mentally that they were going through. um, I realized that all of us have something that we're going through. And so why are we why do we allow ourselves to just tell a story and then make ourselves feel bad and get stuck in this comparison game rather than just embracing what's going on and then following up with these different things? Like, what are we grateful for? Yeah. So, Jamie, what do you so have to good. add? No, it's so, so good. I think leading with curiosity always, always wins of just being curious about who they are where they're from, what they're going through, how they are. And um, just even reminding you guys, if you've never been to a walk or this is the first Mom Walk Collective podcast you're listening to and you made it to the end, amen, because you have great, (laughs) you could track with us. Um, But I started all of this because I was going through a really hard time with my husband and I didn't want, I knew I needed mom friends. And I, for a long time, the majority of the the world didn't actually know what I was going through. Mm -hmm. And I was desperate, desperate in need of community to find moms who could relate, relate to me. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, haven't been to the collective, maybe this is your first time listening to our podcast. Um, I started all of this in a desperate need for community and I am going through divorce and so was having a really hard time with my husband and I just needed someone to connect on motherhood with 
and I needed someone to ask me my story. I needed someone to ask me, mm-hmm. how are you sleeping? How is your son doing? How is this? How is that? I had a NICU son. Um, so I was just desperate to find someone that I could just have companionship with in motherhood because even today I realized I had gotten coffee with a friend who is not married, doesn't have kids, anything. And Lincoln is sick and teething and she, he fell asleep and she's like, wow, I feel like I could finally have a conversation with you now. And I was like, (laughs) for me, it's just become reality because it's just how all my mom friends and stuff. And so I, my desire is for the mom walk collective to be that space where curiosity and sitting as a student reigns supreme. I don't want clicks. I don't want me, 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 me. I want curiosity to know that humanity all has a common ground and especially through motherhood. And motherhood is something that bonds us together. It brings us, whether it's through C-section, vaginal, adoption, whatever, fostering, whatever it may look like, there's something that every mother can connect on as of laying down your life to help raise the next generation. And that is something that I'm just so passionate for the collective to really represent. That is the heart of the collective. And I want to bring, I'm going to end this with some vulnerability so you see where Ari and I struggle, Um, just to bring humanity to you guys, to show you that we are just in the same boat that you guys are. Mm -hmm. I think my biggest problem with comparison, and I'm just going to lay it into the light so it no longer has power over me, um, but is sleep. I talked about it last episode. I have just decided to own that my son is a contact nap, bed shared, nurse to sleep son. And I get caught up in the comparison of looking at moms who slept, slept train or their kids are great sleepers and they sleep from seven to seven and someone else can put them down and they can give them a bottle and they, you know, all of that. And I think about all that stuff and beat myself up over it in the shower of like the shower thoughts of should I slept train when he was three months, but wait, he was a good sleeper. Where did I go wrong? Where did this, where did that, how did I not know? Can I do it now? Uh, All that type of stuff. And that for me in motherhood right now is the comparison game that I'm really playing with mainly because it takes a lot of sacrifice on my end to own where I'm at now. And I'm just now getting to the process of I'm just owning it. I'm owning this sleep thing. I had a bunch of friends that we've been talking about trying to go to the movies, haven't gone to the movies in two years. (laughs) And they all invited me out to a movie tomorrow. And these are moms. And I just had to own my season, which was really hard. But I had to say no, because I am the only one that can really put my son down. And he's not sleeping great and he's sick. And so that is where my comparison goes to, well, I am going to switch to the gratitude side. And I'm going to be grateful that my son loves contact naps because eventually he's going to be way too big for it. And I won't have that snuggle and cuddle and that little tiny human on me um, very much longer. And so that is the, the, the gratitude piece that I keep going. And I'm so thankful that my body is producing milk that I can nurse him to sleep. And I haven't had mastitis or any clogged ducts. And I've had a great experience that way. And again, see that someone could take that and now, you know, go through comparison that way. But I think that's where I could just go back and be like, I own my reality, be grateful for where I am. Um, But wanted to bring you guys in that transparency just to close this off. And Ari, if you want to kind of end with your transparency and then close this episode out, um, we'll end there. Yeah, I think the struggle that I am working through is my body. Um. I delivered two healthy babies, no NICU time, and they're here and they're healthy. They're currently sick, but they're generally overall healthy. However, my body took a toll from carrying them. I got diastasis. I have stretch marks. I have, um, my body has not bounced back to, to where it was before. And I can get caught up in wanting to fit into my old clothes. I can get caught up in seeing other moms appearing like they're fitting into their old clothes. And instead of focusing on that, 
I'm working on really being grateful for the health of my children, the health of myself, um, that my body was able to successfully carry them. And, um, and instead of focusing on the clothes that I don't fit into, I'm learning how to find clothes that I still feel confident in. Um, and it is what it is and that's okay. And what I get to like be excited about is like, I get to shop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have to do it financially responsibly, but it is something to be excited about. And so I do think if you could free yourself from like not fitting into your old clothes, why not donate them? Why not like put them into a consignment store and make money and then spend that money on clothes that actually fit you. So. Yeah, and I, you, I know you said this earlier, but I'll, I'll let you say the phrase about it taking, you know, mm-hmm. nine months. So if you want to take the phrase. Yeah, so something I'm, I'm putting into my head, my kids are seven and a half months old, is it took me nine months to build and make these beautiful babies. Why would I think that it would take any less to have my body recover? It's probably going to take more but we're going to embrace that journey. So come on. Thanks for being vulnerable. Um, I hope you guys really took away something from this episode. If you are new to the mom walk collective, we are a group of mothers to help come around you to help find your village to raise the next generation. If you've never attended a walk, go to the momwalkcollective.com, go to our walk finder, type in your zip code and find the closest walk to you. If there isn't a close walk to you and you want to start one, go over to our ambassador page, fill out an ambassador, and we will get back to you. We hope to launch as many cities as we can every month. So it is on a month cycle. So if you've submitted an application, just know um, we start at the beginning of every month processing through all of those. Um, Other than that, we have our TikTok, Instagram, the Mom Walk Co., as long as as well as this podcast if you guys enjoyed it or had a little takeaway from it we ask that you like comment share it just helps bring the movement even greater and if you there's anything you guys want to hear please email us at hello at the momwalkcollective.com but we hope you're doing amazing you got this get out of the comparison game because you are uniquely you we love you mama and have a good day we love you mama